So today's sermon or devotion will be, I hope, interesting for you. One of my favorite programs at Christmas is Charles Dickens' um, story. He uh, tells us of a gentleman named Ebenezer Scrooge in his book, A Christmas Carol. Ebenezer Scrooge was not a kind person. He was a skinflint. He was selfish. He was demanding. He was hated by everyone. But one particular Christmas, he was visited by three ghosts. Ghost of Christmas present, past, and future. And to be quite frank, none of them were very exciting. At least not for him. But during the course of that Christmas, he changed. He became a different man. And so today, I wanted to not look at the ghosts of Christmas, but the ghost of Christmas, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Our scripture today is found, Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5. Pretty familiar passage to you, but probably not familiar as a Christmas passage. As I chose this, because I thought I had something to say, I was texting with a a young friend of mine, whom I was a mentor to, up in uh, Kentucky. And he said, my scripture today is Philippians chapter 2. And I thought, really? Wow. Verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. May the Lord bless his holy word. If we look at the ghost of Christmas, we're reminded that the ghost of the Holy Ghost of Christmas was past. He had a past and it was powerful. It was during creation when Jesus made all things. The scripture tells us that the spirit of God moved upon the waters, that the presence of God was always in this world. Maybe not in the same manner that he would be when Christ returned to heaven. Maybe not in exactly the same personal manner that happens to us as we are born again and the spirit dwells within, but the spirit was here. The spirit was always here. The presence of God. The people of God. Those who had followed him early on from Abraham 
Isaac, Jacob, even uh, Moses tell us that the world was looking for a Messiah. Prophets foretold. They needed a Messiah. They needed a Savior. The world was dark. The world was desperate. As bad as things seemed to be from time to time here, it wasn't to compare to the persecutions, the abuse, the fear of the day. So prophets were told of God. <coughs> Look for a Redeemer. Look for a child. For unto you, a child will be born. Bethlehem, even though you're small, will become great as the birthplace of the king. And there's darkness in our world. Darkness reigns over this world. But there's a light coming. A light that comes into the world. A light that shines. A light that will never be overcome. This are, are, these are words the prophets foretold. In Christmas past, there were promises that a Messiah would be born. And what I find ironic here is that nobody knew this better than the Bible scholars. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, nobody knew these prophecies better than they did. And yet, who was confused when he walked among them? Who is this? What do you mean, who is this? You guys have been studying this forever. He is fulfilling every single prophecy. How do you miss it? Well, he, he's not doing things right. What's he not doing right? Well, he, he healed on the Sabbath. He broke our laws, God's laws. Therefore, he can't be the Messiah. Really? He healed a leper. He didn't respect the distance the law requires us to keep between lepers. What's wrong with him? Yes, yes. It sounds nitpicky. But the real Messiah is going to fulfill all the law, just like we say. You know, it bothers me, maybe more than anything. Were I alive in the first century AD, I might be one of them. We all might be more prone to be one of those religious people that Jesus wasn't exactly like we thought it would be. Therefore, we're done. You know how I know that? Do you ever go on social media? Do you ever go on Instagram? Facebook? Do you ever go on Twitter? I'll be honest. I'm thinking about coming off of Twitter. I'm just tired of all the vile, all of the snottiness, all of the hatefulness that exudes from Twitter, how quickly we click enter and lash out at the world. I don't think anybody today would try to kill Jesus, but I believe they'd roast him on social media. So maybe, maybe the ghost of Christmas past, the Holy Ghost, needs to be listened to and followed and obey so that we embrace this Jesus of Bethlehem. Scripture tells us that if we really want to hear 
the ghost of Christmas past. Maybe we need to look to 1 Corinthians 13, which tells us what the followers of Christ are really like. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So if we really want to embrace the ghost of Christmas past, the Holy Ghost, we will practice love. There's also the ghost of Christmas present. The Holy Ghost was with Jesus in his birth. Through angels, the Spirit of God, the people that needed to meet Jesus met him. Whether it be magi representing foreign dignitaries, whether it be common shepherds representing the average person, they met with Jesus. He came humbly. That's why the scripture tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that he didn't see being equal with God as anything to grasp like a sword and use for your own advantage. But he humbled himself and became a baby. Have you all figured out yet that babies have awkward moments? Yeah, you've heard of explosive vomiting? Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. I'm not even going to talk about diapers. And they don't sleep when you need them to sleep. They are humble. They're just different babies. Jesus let himself be born like that. Really? He started from ground zero. He cooed. He cried. He laughed. He ate. And he was the kiss of heaven to the earth. He humbled himself. That scene in Bethlehem was just awesome. Awesome that the world took note and the world hated King Herod. He hated. And the average guy, working man with dirty hands and fingernails, They were welcome to the birth. He came humbly. He came because God loves us. The Spirit of God was present that day, I assure you. And the Spirit of God was present at Christ's baptism. Remember, came down from heaven as a dove. Heard the voice of God, the Father, declaring, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. The Spirit was with him, was around him. In his miracles, the Holy Spirit was with him. In his temptation, the Holy Spirit was with him. It's a powerful mixture to have the Son, the Father, and the Spirit. And he always was. And Jesus offered a promise. When I go away, oh, I'm not leaving you like orphans. I'm not abandoning you. In fact, it's needful that I go away because you will do greater things when I'm gone because of limitations of space and time than 
you could ever imagine when the explosive power of the Holy Spirit comes, you receive power. Some of you have experienced electrical problems. Some of it by TVA's decision to kind of rotate the grid a bit. And you panic. I've seen it on social media. Electricity is out. Electricity is back on. You know, we get anxious when our power goes out, don't we? One of my friends posted and said, electricity is out, what do we do? And I responded, Acts 1-8. I think it's a preacher thing. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me everywhere, locally, regionally, worldwide. Today, we prove that with our offering, we will be witnesses. God promised when his spirit comes in his fullness, hold on. And then there's the ghost of Christmas future. I don't know how it gets much better than having little children, being with your parents and your loved ones, then being with your grandchildren. And there's sometimes bringing some people in, you know, just friends and loved ones that just need a place to hang out for Christmas or for worshiping together. Does it get better? Maybe it does. Maybe it gets really good when the babe of Bethlehem, the Savior of Golgotha, the Redeemer in heaven, when he comes back, he makes everything right. He makes everything right and eternity begins. When the Spirit returns with Christ in its fullness, the Godhead is one. We belong to him. It'll be like nothing you could ever imagine. The Holy Ghost, the past, present, and future. But he's not back yet, is he? Not yet. Remember what Jesus said? When the Pharisees criticized him for healing on the Sabbath, he said, you know, y'all don't get it. I have work to do. The Father's at work. And I have to join him. In other words, we got to get out of here and get busy. It's what he was saying. we got to be busy. The Holy Spirit directs us to be busy. This Christmas, I've heard, and my wife has heard, from young people that we had a role with them. You know, as a teacher, as a pastor, as a mentor. But for the last week, some cases of people that we knew had hit rock bottom, that we've loved and cared for, and they've been redeemed. Just wanted us to know that they've been redeemed. That God's done a work in their life. And we were blessed for a time to sort of be the hands of God for them. And I'll bet you have too. I'll bet you have a whole pathway of people that you've been a part of. 
Why? Because we all hear the voice of the Spirit, the Spirit of Christmas future. So we have to get busy. We all tend to be generous, thoughtful this time of year. And then it ends tomorrow. And we go back to being how we've always been. The world does. Maybe, maybe we embrace, maybe we embrace the spirit of Christmas future. And today, we're just getting started. Would you pray with me? Father, we rejoice in you. We praise your name. We love you. And we wait for your leading and your spirit to guide us and direct us and send us on our way. And as we came anticipating worship, so now we anticipate departing and doing the work of him who sent us. Father, we go in peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you for worshiping with us. Let's go and do what he says. Bless you, my friends.